Yeah, I wonder if he just, like, runs a 4-3 at the Combine, if everyone's just going to be like, oh, shit, maybe we should just take him number one. Yeah, he's really... Yeah. I could definitely see him just blowing up at the Combine and then everyone being like, holy shit. Yeah. Doctors? What's up, brother? Dustin. Yeah. You remember Justin, the guy who did your golf fitting? Yeah. Check out the new spot. Oh, sweet. Where's that? Nice. Just opened it. Where is it? Uh, Like Michigan Road and 86th Street. Okay. And I mean, not that you probably know where that's at, but like, like 10 minutes from, from the house, 10, 15. The hell are you doing, Foy? Good. Just driving down 95, living the dream. <laughs> How's traffic? It's actually fine. I'm cruising, but I'm going to a happy hour with a client. I didn't think I was meeting him until like 5 or 5 30. It's in Virginia. I will. But he hit me up the day. He was like, You want to go early and start at 3 30? I was like, Sure. <laughs> that sucks. You have to go all the way there, though. Yeah, it's a kind of a pain in the ass. Keep me occupied. You said it's in, <laughs> it's in Northern Virginia? Yeah, it's in like Fairfax. Yeah, it's going to suck on the way home. Oh, yeah. I ordered a mic. It's not a come until tomorrow, though. So next pod, I'll have a, I'll have better audio, hopefully. Well, actually, this podcast isn't the issue. It's my real estate one. That's... Man. For some reason, I thought Rogers was the one that said he was he had to go down to Virginia for a meeting, and I was going to be like, "The fuck do you have to go to Virginia for?" I thought, <laughs> you, thought you managed an adult beverage establishment. It's nice that the Zach Orr news came out like ten minutes before we did the freaking podcast. I mean, <laughs> Dan Quinn. Yep. I hear. Yeah. All right, can you hear me? Yep. We can hear you. Dumb. <laughs> Probably. Is there a bunch of background noise? No, I don't hear anything. Perfect. You're good. I'm just. If not, I was just going to fix my gain. I'm pouring a drink. Mm. Do you see that outro I made? Uh, no. I'm actually, kind of perfect. Turned out pretty good. Was it on the last one? Yeah, the one we did Monday or Tuesday. The other day. You should have seen me trying to figure out comps for these guys. <laughs> I put in the thing. Well, I'm trying to get my notes. I figured if we're going to start with the Orioles stuff, we might as well do the prospect stuff after that. Are we going to wait on golf? So we're going to what? Are we doing golf today or are we waiting on that? I think if we get if we get through the Orioles and Ravens stuff and we're pushing 45 minutes, then we can probably just save it. 
because Justin's here. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just think it depends on the, you know how long we're going. What am I missing? Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. So, I uh, got my microphone. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Loud and clear. Yeah. Loud and clear. All right. So, I'm ditching the AirPods, obviously, duh. Bought the, uh, <clears throat> Bought the microphone that we talked about last podcast. It got stolen. So I bought a ring camera today. What the fuck? <laughs> Are you serious? Dead serious. Oh, my God, dude. So I bought, I, bought a, I, bought a, I bought the ring camera today. And I was installing it about an hour and a half ago. Huh. Is, uh, so, is yeah. Amazon refunding you or anything? Yeah, everything's. So Dell's jersey got stolen about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, whatever January 16th was, or two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, the Gus Sinski one that I bought him. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so th- they're remaking that. I'm getting, ref- I mean, I'm not getting refunded. It's just getting remade, but it takes forever for that to happen. And then uh, my microphone got stolen today. So fuck that. I mean, and I was right at Pig and Rooster. It wasn't like I was far away. So it could have only been sitting there for like, Four or five minutes till I saw looked at my phone. Yeah, damn. Paying the dick. So yeah, new ring camera. Get installed. Here's a fun tool. How much was the ring camera? Like they're gonna. Uh, get- I just gonna- but the ring camera was free. Um, I just called my my boss is the landlord. I just called him. I said, hey, look, here's the situation. He goes, I got you. Don't worry about it. So he's buying for all of his properties. That's why six twenty oh, yeah. is on six twenty is on the box. It's my address. So, what a what a pain in the dick, man. Yeah. I hate people. Everybody knows your address. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah look, take that off the clipping, please. <laughs> All the people that listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Come on over for a cocktail. Giddy up. <laughs> and celebratory beads for today because the Ravens got sold. <laughs> That's, uh, awesome and also we're uh, you know we, we support everybody so i also got some uh ace suspenders <laughs> you know, all kinds of fun things on this desk <laughs> whatever you need to do i mean this ownership can't be worse than the last ownership so there's no chance man no chance all right what a pain in the ass anyway boy joining us is he on he's on he's a can you not He's see- on 95 driving right now. <clears throat> How's that? I'm on 495. Where, uh, where's your headset? You looked you looked like you should have been driving last episode. I know. Left it at home. <laughs> the, the trees in the background are the same. They're staying the same. I was just talking to Dell. He's pumped to join next week. He's having some fun with it. Hell yeah. Nice. Well, it's awesome. Yeah. It's his son's birthday day. It's Jackson's birthday. He goes, oh, I got to get him some stupid fucking cake. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Probably ice cream. <laughs> I go, well, what does Jackson want to do tonight? Because he only says Jackson comes out for feedings. That's Dell's line because he just likes playing <laughs> video games. Yeah. <laughs> and so Dell goes, I don't know. He probably wants to do fucking nothing. So we'll probably just sit at the house. I think, cool. All right. Uh, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to start with the 
Raven stuff and we can talk about DC with the boy and then get into the Orioles stuff or do you guys just want to do Orioles first? I would say let's do um Orioles and DC stuff first and that way Foy can get back to going 12 miles an hour. Yeah. Perfect. Sean, where do you want to start, man? Do you want to start with uh with the Dan Quinn stuff or you want to start with the Orioles stuff? Sure. We could jump into the lovely news of Dan Quinn being head coach. <laughs> <laughs> so Sean, um, would you rate this a win or a lose for the I, for the commanders? I think it's a tie. <laughs> it's a tie. <laughs> I mean, I I don't hate it. The guy's been people love him. He's a, apparently a really good defensive coach, though his defense is in Atlanta, Atlanta sucks. Um, and his offense is awesome. We had Kyle Shanahan, and then he left, and they weren't very good, and that's why I got fired. But uh, everyone, you know, players love him. I you know, he's a leader of men, which I. Fucking hate that quote, but I think it's just there. It's not. I don't think. I don't think it's terrible. It's kind of uninspiring. Like I'd rather just take a swing on some young guy that is unproven. I'm also not a huge fan of hiring defensive head coaches in 2024, but I would be more cool. It's kind of clear he. They just kind of fell back on him. I think they really wanted Ben Johnson, and when he like inexplicably decided to bail on them and. Seattle, they were kind of scrambling. Like they didn't even fly Dan Quinn in on his own. Like the dude flew commercial. There's a picture of him in in the TSA line leaving Dallas two days ago. Like they they clearly weren't that in on him. I mean, I'm sure they like him and were were you know interested in him. But uh, I think it's fine. I mean, I, he put an awesome offensive staff together in uh, Atlanta. So like I'm sure he can put a good staff together. But if he does, and they're any good. You know, those guys will just leave. So, you know, you kind of start that hamster wheel of if you have a good offensive coach, you're just going to leave and you need to replace them every two years. But we'll see. I mean, if they underwhelmed to whelmed, definitely not overwhelmed. <laughs> Classic commanders not even flying your freaking air please in. I mean, what, they, come on. Why? New ownership. What are we doing? Well, <clears throat> I think they just – he was just kind of an afterthought, like, they, they, flew to they, they flew to Detroit to interview Johnson and and uh, Aaron, Aaron Glenn. Glenn. They did that whole that whole thing, and literally one of the one of their beat reporters was at it was actually. Uh oh. Yeah, I think we lost the audio. I well, I'll say this. Uh, Sorry, Sean. You're kind of your audio is kind of cutting in and out now. Amen. What about now? Uh, I hear you. Are you near the you CIA? Know, and by the way, we love Mormons on this podcast. Just want to throw that out yeah, there real yeah. quick. <laughs> yeah, we love all we love all people. We're, we're, we definitely promote multiple wives. <laughs> no. I mean, with in my personal perspective, is with the new regime, you have time to make a decision, and especially with all of these people out there, why rush it? There's no reason to. What do you? Because the Senior Bowl's fucking going on. I mean, your GM apparently loves Dan Quinn, but that's great. Why not one of these younger guys? Why not Vrabel? Well, I don't think they, I don't think they rushed it. Like they're the last team to hire someone, but there, a lot of people wanted Vrabel. Apparently, Vrabel has been labeled, whether it's not right or wrong, someone that wants a lot of say in personnel, which they're just not. They're not going to do that. Like Rivera yeah. ran everything, and it was terrible. New guy just won. So I I think that's why Vrabel wasn't a candidate for a, a bunch of these jobs. But uh yeah, I mean like I'd rather I'd rather go after like a young 
assistant somewhere, especially on the offensive side. But whatever. I don't think it's terrible. I just think it's boring and safe. Like, you know, I think yeah. either way, like personnel team. But, yeah, it's still not, like, exciting. Yeah. Can you hear me now, by the way? It wouldn't be exciting. Yeah. yeah. It really feels like an Anthony Weaver really would have fit in here. First-time head coach would listen. But also, I guess it's a relationship-based business. Yeah. Like, I, I think Quinn, you know, Quinn's tight with Shanahan. I'd be surprised if they don't hire Brian Greasy or Clint, Kub- Clint Kubiak or someone from San Fran to be their offensive coordinator. But I would have been cool with Weaver. And then you're kind of following that trend of ex-players that don't have a ton of experience but, but like, are young and players love, like, you know, Aaron Glenn and Antonio Pierce and, D'Amico Ryans, but this wasn't in the cards. So when they inevitably have fire him in three years, we'll see what they do then. <laughs> Why don't you just hire Clinton Portis? Heard he's a good human being. I would be all in. Fun <laughs> <laughs> game coordinator. Yeah, he could wear those goofy ass outfits he used to wear on your post game interviews too. That'd be fun that, everyone, everyone would get a car from Eastern Motors. <laughs> yeah, got your credit. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, just to sum it up, I'm, I'm, I, I pretty much accepted two days ago that this is probably the route it was going to go, and I'm more, you know, I'm interested to see who he brings on as on the offensive side and who, who they can hire, and then I'll just spend six months convincing myself that it's not a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said before we started, or before we went on air, it's, it really just comes down to whoever you take it to a quarterback, whoever is, is he going to be good or not. Because yeah. if he's good, then, you know, Dan Quinn's safe, whatever. Right. But if he's not good, then, you know, you right. start all over again. And, and, do you the normal watch. and even if you think he's an offensive genius, but if you draft a dud, then it doesn't yeah. Winning is the best deodorant. The best thing that ever happened to Mike McCarthy was fucking Aaron Rodgers. And then Aaron Rodgers leaves him and all hell breaks loose. You know, so it's uh, – yeah, it's if you bring in a good quarterback, you bring in a Drake May, you bring in a Caleb Williams, or even the, the Jaden Daniels kid. Uh, yeah, if he wins, you're gonna look like a fucking genius. Yeah, yeah. agreed. You guys want to shift to some Orioles news? Uh, I think we spent enough time with the Commanders. How the Commanders barely spend any time with themselves? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you guys excited? We got a new ownership. Let's fu- new ownership. Let's fucking Let's go. fucking go. All right. What's the uh, what's our total? I am so happy this happened. <laughs> The private, the two private equity people, Ripken, yeah, the, Grant Hills involved. Yeah. Grant Hill, Ripken, Bloomberg, who used to be the mayor of New York. Kurt Schmoke used to be mayor of Baltimore. Are the guys that have been announced so far? I've heard of. I thought Kurt Schmoke was dead. I really uh, thought he was dead. I, <laughs> I never heard of the guy. So. But, yeah, it, it seems like there's going to be a lot more uh, people that come out, minority mistakes. They haven't really said, other than uh, Rubenstein being the control person, they haven't really said what the uh, who, who gets what percentage of the team and how that works. I assume Ripken and Grant Hill and those guys are going to be pretty small percentages of the of the, of the the deal. But, yeah, look, it's sure a local are. guy, and he seems like he's committed to keep the team in Baltimore and, uh, and spend some money. So, I couldn't be happy. What do we – what do we know about Rubenstein? Does anyone know anything so other than he pri- runs the Carlisle Group? Private equity guy, Nats with Ted Leonson, but with the whole mass and deal, the Nats sale is like a mess, and the learners are like a nightmare to deal with. So it never worked out. But 
I mean, he's in his seventies, so like he seems like he'll probably be a you know older guy who wants to hopefully pour a bunch of money in and not do the only like thing. I'm not worried about it. Do it by a way when like hey, the way things are working on the baseball side is pretty seamless. They just need cash, so you know hopefully yeah. they just keep it rolling and kind of provide the financial support that the Angelos has never had and probably never would have. But uh, that's the big thing, right? I mean, let's, let's, let's take the leash off of Elias, you know? I mean, as much as, as John Angelos is a clown and don't get me wrong, he's a clown. He did hire, you know, an awesome front office and stayed out of their way. And it's clearly worked. Now he's, he then needed to go to the next step, you know, take the extra mile and, provide them with funds which he wasn't doing he's just a douche and kind of embarrassing but hopefully Rubenstein can decide can always use help they they don't make as much money as they probably should so it's exciting I mean I I did see some like national people who just aren't aren't guy that's going to no. be a disaster he's going to tear it down and build it up you know, like tear everything apart because that's what private equity guys do but I mean, the infrastructure's there. It's an awesome team to buy. Like, it seems like a perfect situation. I'm wondering if the, like, right now with all these teams being sold, some for different reasons, some because they're forced out. I wonder if these real estate prices in the Brooks, this might come to you, and I'm going to ask this question or maybe comment is directed toward you. Are these numbers that these teams are getting bloated? I mean... I feel like that was a great deal. One point seven five million. I thought they go for more than that. Yeah, a lot of people think it's low. I mean, they don't. They don't own the. They don't own the property. Who does the Maryland Stadium Authority? The state. Yeah. 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 And that was a big thing. Why the lease was held up forever is because Angelo's trying to get the rights to all the property around it to build that up, and he wasn't really able get it and i'm sure that was part of the reason he's more willing to sell because you know he wasn't able to get what he wanted i mean they were kind of kicking the can down the road on like in like five or ten years they can renegotiate for those development rights but yeah it'll be pretty interesting to see see what happens what's crazy what i i mean the deal makes sense they're kind of doing what Bashani did with our model where he buys a certain amount and then gets the rest when the current owner dies but it sounds like when it gets voted on in like a week or two at that owner's meeting that like it, they just like flip a switch and he's got to be the point guy, which sounds crazy that like as of a week, we had you know, three days ago, we had no clue this was happening outside of like that random report in December. And then now, you know, in a month, there might be literally someone else calling the shots. Like, it's yeah, a break. it really should be. It really should be as easy as like moving bank accounts over right now i mean as far as decision making goes nothing like much there shouldn't be anything that's changed unless it's something big as far as like going to get going to get somebody and getting the approval to go do it right you would think nothing would change like for elias and that side of the business except like hey you have a different person to report to 50 percent higher or whatever it is yeah. What's the tax reasoning? There's got to be tax ramifications associated with this. Once again, I'm going to Brooks on this one. What what does that mean exactly? I mean, obviously, I understand taxes, but why? Why, when someone passes away, the taxes change? To avoid capital gains tax if you inherit the business. I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah, I don't know the business side, the business, the business capital gains tax on that. Also, 
not CPAs here, but they <laughs> there there's ways to either kick the can down the road, um, with that kind of stuff. And I I know, I know there's some inheritance stipulations as well. Okay. Yeah, like I know there's an inheritance tax, but I remember <clears throat> reading when they were in that when the Angelos were suing each other like a year ago. There was like reports saying that. Peter had said for years, like when I die, I want you know we, we want to sell, you know I want the team to be sold, and all the speculation was that they wouldn't sell until he because because of like a capital gains tax would be massive and they, they couldn't really afford it because they're kind of broke outside the team because I think the law firm like asbestos law isn't really a thing anymore. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of it's over my head, but obviously there's got to be a reason they're doing it this way. So it's, it's got to be, it's got to make sense. Did, uh, yeah. did anybody, I mean, shame on us, I guess, but did anybody watch any of Ryan, Ryan Ripkin's podcast the last couple of days? If he's put one out, I wonder what he's actually had to weigh in on it at all. I have not. Be very he, interested. He was on the radio yesterday with uh, Jason Lock and Fora. I listened to part of it. He, he kind of played stupid. Like, I think he asked him. He was on right before the team put out the press release and he had just said like these things take time and i know like you know my dad has wanted to be involved since the day he retired and you know if it, if that's what happens that would be all like he he kind of just was just very generic now i'm sure he's probably more because then like an hour later cal tweeted about it and amanda yeah. is the one who puts the tweets together for him um <laughs> Because she works for Maroon PR, which re represents Cal. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd be interested to see. There's a ton of articles. Like, there's a big article in the Post. Rosenthal wrote a big article about it. Um, so did Buster Olney on ESPN just about how like this is the absolute perfect time for someone to buy this franchise because it's kind of like a sleeping giant where you've got this ballpark everyone wants to go to, but they have yeah. Business-wise, and the team's awesome. And the seeds, the seeds are planted. I mean, the seeds are planted, and they're growing, and you can already see them grow. And there was also, and I, I don't blame Ryan Ripken for actually being coy on this because there was a major rumor that the owner of Ollie's Outlet—I forget his name—I want to say it was Mark something—and Cal were in cahoots together to buy it from Peter Angelos, maybe three or four years ago. My numbers are going to be off for sure, but that they were in the process of doing it, and then the the majority stake, the guy from Ollie's Outlet, passed away, unfortunately. And so wow. Cal kind of got burned. And so I have no problem with – and not that it was my problem, but I understand why people would want to be coy until something is announced officially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I, uh, and I'm sure there's going to be a million more minority partners. I mean, like with, with the skins, their main partners – you know, Josh Harris is their owner, but he only owns 30% of the team. And the rest are like my exit Johnson owns like a percent, like the, and there's like fifty of them or something like that too. It's the Jay Z factor. Remember when like it was so big when Brooklyn when the, the New Jersey Nets moved to Brooklyn, and it was like oh come play for Jay Z and Jay Z owned like point seven five percent. It's like yeah right, you're yeah, coming yeah. to play for not Jay Z. You're playing for yeah. some other guy, some Russian yeah. you know oligarch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, I think Ryan has to be. Legally, can't say a bunch about it right now, anyway. Yeah, um, 100%. What, what do you guys think this is going to so, do uh, with Masson? Because Masson is part of the deal, 
what, what do you guys think that, how do you think that's going to affect the, the O's and the Nats relationship? How is that going to affect basically uh, the Nats in general? And what do you guys think? Does anybody have any knowledge on this? Before commenting on the actual Masson thing, I think what this immediately does, once Peter Angelos passes away, is gets us an all-star game. We haven't had an all-star game. I think Seattle's had two since we had one. I think yes, this immediately gets us an all-star game. Yeah, I would think it would help with the Masson deal. Like, the new owner inherits it, so it's not like the deal just goes away, but he's tight with Leonsis. Leonsis <clears> Monumental Sports. I'm sure they could do something to – merge the two or like get rid of like i would imagine it's probably still pretty far down the road to figure those things out but i would think like this is good for the nats too because they've been trying to sell their team and the massive deal i think has pretty much held that up so they still have litigation going on in that as well i think there's still a lawsuit going on with mass they do but i think it's time frames they were trying to figure out they they came to an agreement on one of them but um yeah i don't know i mean a lot of that shit is super complicated, but I would think it's got to help. And I, I would imagine Major League Baseball is going to approve this deal with, like, the kind of like a wink-wink, like, hey, but we're going to let you buy the team, but we need, you know, we need to figure this shit out. Yeah. Yeah, because right now, Foy's moving faster on 495 than this fucking litigation is. <laughs> and so I'm moving now. <laughs> He's I can see. <laughs> so, like, what was it? Like five, six years ago, when Ripken was supposed to be selling the Ironbirds, did that fully go through, or did he just sell partial? Do you guys remember that? I, I remember that. Uh, I don't remember. Or does he? Does he nah. still own them? I, I think he's still involved somehow, but I'm not 100 percent sure how how involved. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not sure. I know when he sold part of the Ripken Foundation that there was a bunch, there was a, I'm not going to call it a mass exodus, but some of the people that I'm, I'm friends with, they left the Ripken Foundation almost immediately and went to other foundation because Cal was leaving. So I don't know who the hierarchy is there. I'm not saying it's Billy. I doubt that highly. But um, yeah, when, when he sold part of the franchise, I mean, there, there was a, there was a little bit of a panic. Quiet for right now. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Well, anyway, look, we got Mike Elias, who seems like he's 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 doing a great job. Obviously, we've got a a new ESPN prospect list that came out um a couple days ago, and we got seven Orioles in the top 100. You can't be any happier with the product he's been putting out with the limited budget. Now that he's got a big budget, I mean, sky's the limit. It seems like I'm I'm as excited as I could possibly be. Just open a Dominican facility. Yeah, basically, yeah, it was awesome. Yep. Um, Wait, we opened a Dominican facility. The Orioles. Yeah, did? they just—they've been talking for years about building like an actual full facility down there, and they just like did the ribbon cutting. So first for them, I think they had something kind of like ragtaggy down there, but yeah, now it's like this big, super nice, with like dorms and like you know a facility for these kids that are playing in the, the Dominican summer league for them to like actually train at and live and like kind of help cultivate you know, these young kids that you're signing at 16. This yeah. sounds like a premier league soccer kind of venture where they have these camps, clubs, and they, for lack of a better term, groom these kids. I don't want to make it sound like something that's not, but yeah. Is it, is this a first in baseball or no, is this, this a first for the Orioles? No, that there's others down. Cool to see. I mean, those kids you sign aren't going to be packed full for years, but 
that's how you like keep the pipeline going. Sure. If, you, uh, if it's okay, Dusty, I want to go down the list one by one. Um, that way we can get Sean to make sure he doesn't wreck his car into, you know, yeah, into somewhere yeah. on 495 and some, you know, whatever temple. Jackson Holiday. <laughs> Jackson Holiday. Is he the starter at shortstop next season to open yeah. the season? God, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, he's, he did nothing last year, but absolutely torched <clears> the minor league. Um, his player comps I have in these player comps, I'm going to give small player comps for every player. Take them with the game for the grain of salt. They're top end projections. Um, they're best case scenario outcomes. Obviously every player is not going to be very bombs, but he's reminds me a lot of Tulo. He reminds me a lot of Gunner. He's just great at everything. He's great to amazing at everything. There's no weak spot. If you'd say the worst part of his game is his defense and he's still an above average defender at shortstop. I think, you know, putting him at short, leaving Gunner at third, and um, you know, mixing in some of the younger guys at second, Westberg, Ortiz, Urias can obviously get in there, and then Mateo is the ultimate utility man off the bench, uh, which is really where he should be. We we saw him; he he gets hot in in stints, but he shouldn't be starting a hundred and some games. You know what I mean? He's he and he's the perfect utility guy off the bench. He can run, he can make things happen on the base pass, and he's great on defense which is exactly what you want on the bench. What's everyone's favorite part of his game, if anyone's seen him play? If you guys are going to go round table, favorite part of his game? I have not seen him play outside of just, like, watching him on, like, MLB TV, on those couple of, like, highlighted games that were on. It sounds like his best aspects just – it sounds so scouty. So, forgive me for sounding like a tool. Just sprays, line drives, like – I think his power is not there yet. Like he doesn't have the power Gunner had at his age, but I think his like his I I can't wait to watch him. I think there's a very good chance he makes the team out of camp. I I also think if you've got a bigger bigger budget, that probably gives you a little more ammunition to have him make the team too, because you're probably less worried about you know trying team to get control. that final year if, if if you think you're gonna extend him. Um, yeah, I do think. They're like, let's say he does make the opening day roster. I wouldn't be shocked if he's playing second and they, they let Gunner be the main shortstop, but they but they move them all around a lot. Like this because him, yeah. Westberg, and 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 Holiday can play everywhere. But yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah. Like I, I can't wait to watch him. It's just it's what's crazy is we want a lot of people want it. It's just yep. just crazy how like Jeez. well and like he Holiday was not, you know, Adley, which was like a no-brainer at one. Like it was pretty, a, it was like a pretty healthy debate who they should take, and yeah. obviously they took the right guy. Yeah. Brooks, what's your favorite part of his game? If you've seen him play at all, and if you haven't, that's okay. Uh, same as Floyd, just just highlights. But I mean, the guy, the kid, just looks like he mashes um, stuff from from past ownerships and everything like that. But I mean, I, I just think the numbers they put up last year are just too insane to to yeah. deny i mean yeah it didn't matter where you put him he, he, he just he sh I, I actually thought he might get up before the end of last year um, at least for a couple of bats but uh, yeah also you got got anything on this one yeah i just think yeah his, his like what boy said his hit tool and his approach at the plate i've seen him play i saw him play at delmarva a few times um i live in ocean city so it's, it's you know a quick drive for me and yeah he just uh he he, he just pops at the plate 
Um, yeah, his hit tool when it, when he makes contact and he gets it, it's just it it just sounds different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think for for me, I'm going to answer my own question. My favorite part of him is his background. I love that his father was a major leaguer. I think he grew up knowing how to play the game and knowing how to understand the game and how the game isn't bigger than him or how he is not bigger than the game. Um, yeah. Having that having that that team background, just like you kind of see with Patrick Mahomes, to kind of go. I don't know if it's apples to apples, but close enough. You know, Patrick Mahomes grew up. His father played major league baseball. His godfather is Troy Hawkins. Having that background, knowing how to handle yourself. I think it's so important. Um, you saw how to do and, it. Yeah. So I, I, that's my favorite part of his game. And it's not even part of his game. It's more of his – it is his mentality. I, that's, that's my favorite part of him. I'm going to move on to Colby Mayo, third base with number 19 ranked in the prospect list. I have a different kind of question for you guys with Colby Mayo. Is Colby Mayo an Oriole at the end of this season? I'm going to say uh, yet prospect at the end of the season. Like, dude has shot up in the last year. He's a high school kid that they took in, like, the third round. He's – if you can envision him, I think he's, like – I think his ceiling is – I mean, I don't know about ceiling, but I think my hope for him is he's, like, a better Mountcastle, like, right-handed third baseman slash first baseman who's probably not great defensively but can just mash and has stupid power. Um like his his if Jackson Holiday is untouchable and he clearly is, I don't think Mayo's far behind him. Like I think you would need to get a ace who's like under control for like three years to move Mayo. Like I I think okay. like yeah. I could be I could be wrong. They could trade him tomorrow, but um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I mean, yeah. If they haven't been willing to trade him yet for this for the C steal, and it doesn't sound like they're going to. more yeah. uh yeah, it seems like they're more likely to move Norby or Ortiz at this point than uh, than Mayo. But I, I have his player comp. If you watch, um, I mean, if you watch a lot of baseball, we we all obviously all do. Austin Riley, not great yeah. defensively at third base, but just absolutely freaking mashes. Um, he's got unbelievable potential power wise. He gets on base at above average rate. Um, he's got defensive question marks from. Everything I've read, he's he significantly improved last year defensively. Good enough to stay at first base and you know not just kind of pigeonhole him at first. Yeah, I think he's um, got a cannon. Yeah, and he's got an arm. He's got a cannon for an arm, and he's six five, so he's huge. You know, um, it, it it seems it seems like he would be a, a very exciting prospect at third. It's just you know we've got Westberg, we've got Urias, we've got a lot of guys that he's going to have to compete with. Um, and it's it's just at some point we're gonna have to make a move. So to Brian's question, yeah, is it is it is it possible that we move him? Hundred um, percent. But yeah, like Foy said, we're we're gonna have to get somebody with with team control and somebody who's an absolute stud. And it would have to be a pitcher, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. To their to their credit, he's a guy they got I think in the third round because they took. Cursed that at two, which everyone freaked out about because no one had ever heard of him. But he yeah. went like under slot. They saved that money to go get a couple guys in the third and fourth round that probably shouldn't have been there. And he was one of them. They overpaid him. Um, and now looking back on it, he was probably a top 25 prospect that they got 80 yeah. slots later than they probably should have. So he's, you know, just goes to show how hard it is to, to develop young kids. And it's all, you know, a gamble. But uh, it looks like he's going to be a stud. Yeah, that's why yeah. I love all these knee-jerk reactions after NFL, MLB, any of these drafts because nobody knows. Yeah, 
nobody knows what the fuck's gonna happen. I mean, right. yeah, nobody knows. <laughs> Except me, I always know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of, of course, of course. <laughs> All right, now yeah, I'm going to move on to I'm going to move on to the next guy. Um, I might even mispronounce his name, Samuel Basalo. Who the fuck is this guy? Guy, but that's that's all. That's all. That's my question. Who the fuck is this guy? And uh, Sean, I know you have a little bit of background on him. It sounds like we actually pulled him out of a fucking manhole cover. Like what in the hell? So, what, what? Samuel, Go fire away, Sean, Bas- please. Basayo, he's a pitcher. He's a catch international signing a couple years ago. They, you know, he was pretty highly thought of like a year, year and a half ago, and then he just had a bomb ass year. He's nineteen, so I mean, he's a kid but he's like six five lefty catcher like good defensively not great but just bashes um he's probably someone that like i mean they they maybe move the first or he's we've had what the number one prospect for three straight years i there are yeah. there are some people i think they could have the fourth and it would be him like yeah. catchers that can hit don't grow on trees he's super young um i think he made it all the way up to double a last year so i mean He's now starting yeah. to, you know, to face really good competition that he never had. But, this yeah, seems so. like a younger version of Orion Mountcastle, and if Mountcastle has less team control, why not keep this this fella and and flip flip Mountcastle? But maybe you know teams aren't stupid; they'll mm-hmm. want they'll want a guy with more team control. Also, yeah. I love his player comp, or at least his. I, I would never want to read this to him in person. If, if he was on Madden, his speed would be like ten. He is so slow. But guess yeah. what? He's a catcher who mashes. So who gives a shit how slow he is? Yasmani <laughs> Grandal can't run for shit either. And he's been a great catcher for the last five, ten years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he he was he made it to double A as an 18-year-old, which is absolutely obnoxious. Between the three levels that he played at last year, he hit 313 with 20 homers. I mean, Jesus. as an 18 as an 18-year-old kid, these kids kids who are 18 are playing high school baseball. Like these this kid is playing professional baseball players and just dominating them um, he's got a cannon of cannon of an arm behind the plate he's not great to put the robot umps are gonna hide most defensive deficiencies yep. for most of these catchers um and like boy said and like boy said look if he if he doesn't work out behind the dish we already have the best defensive catcher in baseball anyway you can put him at first base you can let him dh you can let him catch on off days kind of do that kind of thing I don't think he'll make it to the bigs this year. He's 19. Like we just said, he just turned 19. But, yeah, he's he's shooting up rankings. And, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, like Foy said, if he's in the top 10 on this list when it comes out next year. You said something that was so, so, so wise, and I never thought about this. Robot umps will absolutely affect catchers' ratings because you don't have to work on your framing anymore. You don't have to work on the yeah. twist of the glove. No Never thought about it like that. That's so smart. Yep, you got to have a good arm and uh, got to be able to block the ball. <laughs> Other than that, and your name's uh, got to, yeah, and your, yeah. your name's got to be Kaiser Sose. I mean, this is guy <laughs> I've never heard of him before. Who the <laughs> fuck is this dude? Yeah, yeah, I have his player comps as like a Salvador Perez, big power, pretty slow. Um, Salvador Perez, a much better catcher behind the plate. I also put down Javi Lopez. Orioles fans might not like that, but I think the Braves <laughs> made like 15 straight playoff appearances in the 90s, and Javi Lopez was the catcher for like 10 of them. Yeah, he was um, awesome he's, in his prime. Yeah, he's a, he's a great power hitting catcher. Wasn't a great defender. 
just seemed like a and he's a, and he's a big guy. It just seemed like maybe a, he's a like a better Gary Sanchez. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's where I was going with it. That's right. That, when when I read these player comps, I was thinking Gary Sanchez, especially when I, yeah. I hate to say it again, slow as shit on the base pass and not great behind the dish. You really think Gary Sanchez just swing for the fucking yeah. fences, bro? Yeah. Hopefully his 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 prime of hitting can last a little bit longer than Sanchez did, which was like two and a half years basically, and then he kind of fell off a cliff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brooks, you want to add anything to this, or are you you good on Kaiser Sose? <laughs> Got nothing for you. All right. <laughs> uh, moving on. Moving on to probably the most controversial pick of the Michael Elias era is Heston Kerstad, number forty-eight in the ESPN baseball rankings. Um, anyone have any feelings on Heston? I remember seeing him play at Arkansas in that freshman year and just dominating in the CWS. Um, anybody have anything they want to add on him? What they think about him in regards to hitting? I know he's more of a hitter than he is a fielder. Yeah. I'll make it quick. I'm excited to see like a full year of him. I mean, he came up at the end of last year, flashed a little bit, hit. He's got stupid power. Um, yeah. He was at a baseball for like damn near two years, you know, got drafted during COVID and then had the heart thing, which kept him out for like a year and a half. And so like he's really still kind of getting getting in the groove. He had an awesome year last year and flew through the system. Um, yeah. He's, you know, he should make the team out of camp and, be yeah. like your starting right fielder or like your fourth guy who probably plays three, four days a week. So excited to see what he can do with a full year. He, he's the he classic power right hitting park. right fielder. Yeah, he's a classic power hitting right fielder. I think Jay Bruce, think like, you know, 25 to 30 home runs. He's probably not going to, you know, lead the league in average 250 to 260 kind of guy, but huge potential power and an everyday player in right field. I, I I mean, 303 with 23 homers from double A to the majors last year. I mean, and it's basically his first full season after taking two years off with the heart problem, as a boy said. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. What concerns me with him is it looks like he might have maxed out. Like he is exactly who he's going to be the rest of his career. There is no more growth. That's my personal opinion, seeing that I don't see any yeah. growth from the time he was a freshman at Arkansas until the time he's or where he is now. That's my biggest concern. Now, I hope I am wrong, but just seeing where he was. Now, I will say he is a dominant figure. He looks like a bigger version of Gunnar Henderson in terms of body style, hair. Yeah. <laughs> love the love the lettuce. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but he just seems like he is a maxed out guy. And once again, hope I am wrong. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's never going to win an MVP or a batting title, but if, if his max is 250, <clears throat> 320 OBP and he's hitting 35 home runs and playing at league average to above average right field, like you'll take that. That's a middle order. Give me a year. Absolutely. Yeah, he's never going to be the best player, but but he, he's probably a streaky guy that he's kind of like Mountcastle. Like, I think he his ceiling is better than Mountcastle as a hitter, but like, you know, uh, a power guy that can you know carry the team and probably in streaks and go from yeah. there. But yeah, you're right. I mean, he's never going to, you know, he's not going to be like a, a Gunner or an Adley or a Jack or Holly who's like you know going to get MVP votes. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna move on because I know we got about we got about ten minutes left in this. We got to get to a couple other things. Oh yeah, um, Colton yeah. Cal- Colton Kowser. Uh How do we feel about him? Uh, anyone got a quick quick thing on Colton Cowser, please? I uh, like his. I think he's got a great eye. I think he's a good contact hitter. Obviously, struggled at the major league level, but it was a small sample. He was great all throughout the minors. 
reminds me a lot of like Marlins Christian Yelich, a pretty good hitter, not a great outfielder, but you know, he's serviceable. If you need him to play center, he can, but you probably should put him in the corners. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I, other than that, that's pretty much all I have to say about him. Okay. Yeah, I can I see like him it. not being an no, Oriole no, no. by the end of this. Yeah. I, I think he's, yeah. he's getting flipped. I think along with probably a Joey Ortiz who's up next on our list, but I think I can see him not being an Oriole just based on what we have going on within our farm system and what's already up in the big leagues. Yeah, if he doesn't yep. see if he doesn't see some kind of improvement here, he's 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 gonna get pushed out. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. On to Joey Ortiz, real quick, guys. Um, he is my version of Jeff Rebelay. I see the player comps that you guys have here. He is Jeff Rebelay without the Pennsylvania mustache. I just I, I do like him as a person. I've actually met him in person. He's very nice. I just don't see a lot here for him, even though baseball and ESPN seem to love the hell out of him. But he did not really show in the major leagues last year. And I understand he was a rookie, but it almost seemed like yeah. he was lost and didn't know what's what shape the baseball field was in. <laughs> he, he's awesome defensively. Like I think he could be utility guy for 10 years I'm up with Mateo right now he's he would be a better utility guy than Mateo because I think he's better defensively but he's someone he should probably flip like if, if someone gave him at bats every day he could probably be solid but they don't have a spot for him so I I, I think he'll he'll he's not long for. This I do love the Melvin Mora comparison except he doesn't have any children <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just figured Melvin Moore because he's pretty pretty good at everything. Not great at anything in particular. Seems to strike out a lot more, chase a lot of pitches. But yeah, like like Boy said, good glove, versatile in the infield would be a great utility kind of guy. But with the talent the Orioles have, I don't see him moving the needle for us. Fun yeah. fact: he played in college with Kyle Radish. They're on the same team. No shit. Yeah, didn't know that. No shit. Brooks, anything on this one? No, I mean, I, I, I heard the comparison to uh, to Mateo. I mean, you know my yeah. feelings, you know my feelings on him. Yeah, <laughs> Enrique Bradfield, our most our, our most recent uh, Enrique Bradfield Jr. I'm sorry, our most recent draft pick. I know nothing about him other than he looked really, really, really good in Vanderbilt uh, Vanderbilt uh, colors. So I have <laughs> absolutely nothing on this human being. He's, He's insanely uh, fast. Sorry, yeah. If you want to go lead it off, Dustin. My bad. Yeah, he's an eighty. Like, a, if you're not familiar with baseball scouting, the 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 ranges are from twenty to eighty. He's an eighty base runner, eighty uh, in terms of speed. He's the fast as shit. I think he was a seventy five defensively outfielder as well. He's fast as shit. He's Kenny Lofton and he's Juan Pierre. He's going to track down everything. He doesn't have a great arm, but he and his exit velocities are low. But he's also super young, and he just is going to steal the shit out of every base and play great defense. And, you know, hopefully they can develop some pop and, uh, you know, get him into that Brian Roberts 45 doubles in the gap kind of thing. Do it, give would him be a, perfect. Yeah, he, he's insanely fast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what's what's the difference there? Say it again. <laughs> what's the difference between Mateo and Bradfield? Now, now Bradfield obviously is not going to be coming up for at least a year. At yeah, least it's be probably, years, probably probably two, two and a half. Um yeah. From what, so from and Mateo will be gone by then. A lot of people think they can turn him into a pretty good hitter. I think his like I think he grades up pretty well on like swing selection. He walked a ton uh, in his like brief stint last year in the minors. He's he's yeah. gonna steal he's gonna steal and be like yeah. you know, for for a World Series contender. He's not gonna hit, 
but like he's a better center fielder than Cedric right now. Um, yeah, C- Cedric, but, please avoid the trucks, dude. By the way, we don't want correct. you getting hit by. Yeah, a truck. We, we are not right. rooting for that at all. Use Cedric is the heart and soul of our team. Look, we do look, not want anything bad. To look happen both now. ways. Um, <laughs> hit but, the button on the damn yeah. light post, man. So from what I've read, they said he started to like. His, you know, he's improving these guys as hitters. So if he can hit, yeah. I think he could. He, yeah, he's like a Ken. He's like a Kenny Lofton, Juan Pierre. Maybe like a better Denard span, but like yeah. crazy, crazy fast, really good defensively. Ne- never going to be hitting in the Super regional. I remember seeing him play. I didn't know that the Orioles were going to draft him at the time, but he uh, he just had, for, for lack of a better term, he had moxie. He just seemed like he knew where he was. He knew who he was. Kind of a guy who like his dick walks in the building 20 minutes for his actual body does. Like he <laughs> yeah. just seemed like he knew who he was. And I appreciated that from him. And then I was glad when the, when the, the Orioles drafted him. But I have no idea how he plays baseball. I just saw him like on deck or on like I'd, I'd turn the TV on when he's already on second base. And he seemed like a guy who didn't grow up on second base. It's like he earned the double. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably someone who like if he never hits, he's probably still a like a util, you know, your fourth outfielder who can play a couple days a week. But if you can get him to hit, yeah. he could be an all star. Like it's, you know, both yeah. ends of the spectrum. But, uh, yeah. He'll, he'll be fun to watch either way. I'm definitely interested to see if he can take like that big step that a lot of their their draft picks take when they get like a full offseason here. Cool. Well, I think that's our Orioles roundup right there on our prospect list. Well, yeah. All I'll say is this. It's a very, very exciting time for the Orioles. I mean, to be an Orioles fan, we've lived we, – we've been the armpit of the league for a very, very, very long time. And thank God we're not that anymore. With new ownership and with this prospect list we just went over, I mean, how we're talking about wheeling and dealing people. We got new money coming in. That's fantastic. And it should thrive for the city's business. It should thrive for the city's mentality. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really nice for the first time to understand that one of the worst one franchise, one of the worst run franchises in professional sports shares a parking lot with one of the best run franchises. And now we can say that we're two really good run franchises. And so that's very nice to be able to say. Okay. Yeah. Agreed. And, uh, we need to go across the parking lot, talk about the Ravens real quick. Yeah. We lost our, our stud defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. Uh, good for him. And a uh, clap round of applause for Mike McDonald. Uh, six year deal for the 36 year old coach to be, uh, to go to Seattle. Uh, I've, can't I, I can't remember ever hearing of a coach that young getting a deal that long. I think Seattle's got a lot of confidence in him. Um, what is What do you guys think this means for Seattle in the short term? I think this tells you a lot about what John Schneider feels about himself. The fact that he feels very comfortable giving this man a six-year deal reminds me a lot of when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch went into San Francisco. They both got six-year deals. That's the last time I can remember this. So this spoke this deal spoke more to me about John Schneider than it did Mike McDonald. It also tells me that John Schneider is very confident in Mike McDonald. And I think yep. they were really targeting him from the get-go. You see that video of him walking into the facility and almost like he was already family. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. I mean, I think Schneider and that Seattle front office, that's like their, their makeup. Pete Carroll was a defensive huh? leader man kind of guy. You know, I – They've got a couple studs on their defense. Witherspoon, that rookie, is is awesome. I'm interested to see what they do on offense because they've got obviously some stud receivers and 
you know, Gino's not great, but he's Michigan, or maybe he plucks like T Martin or someone from Baltimore. Or I'm always curious with these super young guys, like how they can build a staff because they just don't, you know, don't have the connections. And 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 McDonald hasn't coached any at any other NFL team, but obviously, you know, he's part of the hardball tree. He's going to have a lot of options. But yeah, I think it's a good move for them. This I, has uh, he's done. this has Cliff Kingsbury written all over it to come in as the OC. That's my personal opinion. Former head coach. Coach's offense. We have to assume he's going to be calling on the defense at least for the first couple of years, right? You would think so. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking so too. Uh, yeah, I mean, his, his, only, after, his only downfall right now is, is, is who's, who's going to get to follow him right now. Yeah, just, just I mean that, and that's with any young guy. So yeah, yeah, well, they got they got a lot of young talent. They, like you said, Witherspoon. They had Tariq Woolen, who's a six four corner. They took in the third or fourth round a couple of years ago, and he was a stud as a rookie as yeah. well. Um, uh, what do you guys think? We just hired maybe you know forty five minutes ago yeah, as we're recording this on Thursday. Um, we just hired Zach Orr. The Ravens just hired Zach Orr as the new defense coordinator. You guys surprised it was not Anthony Weaver? Do you think this week means Weaver is going to be going somewhere else, or do you think he'll stay? Um, what do you guys? How do you guys see this shaking out? I think this solidifies that Weaver already has a deal somewhere that just hasn't been announced yet. He's probably already agreed to term somewhere. Uh, maybe he follows McDonald. I don't know. Um, yeah. to, to Seattle, but I, I think the fact that it's not Weaver, in my opinion, I, I think that just solidifies he's going. And Brooks brings up a good point. Maybe Mike McDonald doesn't want to run the defense because he's a first-year head coach and just wants to do his thing. And, I mean, there is a lot to learn. Now you have to control everything. You have to – you're not just in defensive meetings. You're now meeting with the media. You're meeting with everybody else. You're meeting in special teams. You're CEO. Maybe this means he brings in a Weaver. You're a CEO at this point. You're a Deion Sanders of the Seattle Seahawks and NFL team. I really think it Brooks makes up a good and that's why Zach Orr became the DC. Maybe John Harbaugh saying, look, maybe I can get both these guys jobs next year because everyone is skewing away from the retreads. You can see the retreads are going what's the only retread really? I know Dan one Quinn. team that's not. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Quinn. Yeah. And then oh, I'm not even man. calling Raheem Morris a retread because he was so fucking young when he took yeah, over it was that so job. Long ago. Yeah, yeah, it's hard, hard yeah. to consider a retread, yeah. <laughs> Oh and, man, and I can't wait Harbaugh, until you like, guys straight Harbaugh back from two and take your cousins or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, boy. What were you oh, saying? Oh man, no, I said like, and same with Harbaugh. Like, I wouldn't consider him a retread either. Like, even though he got fired slash left because you know they didn't get along, but yeah, um, yeah, I fucking hated Trent Bulky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I don't. I mean, I know who Zach Orr is. I obviously don't know him as well as you guys do, but it makes sense. Young guy, former player. That's the route a yeah. lot of these teams are going. Um, I think he's yeah, 31. I think he's 31 years yeah. old. I, it seems like he was playing linebacker for us like five years ago. Yeah, right. I think it was, I think it might have been crazy. three years ago. <laughs> yeah, it might have been even more recently than that. Um, but yeah, meteoric rise for him. And, you know, hopefully he can keep the ball rolling. Our defense was incredible this year. And, we might be losing a few key pieces, but we're not 100% sure that how that's going to go yet. But um, he was an inside linebacker, so they they were kind of the the lifeblood of our team this year. We'll see if they can if we can keep that going. Yeah, he had the green dot. He had the green dot in the back of his helmet. I, and just real quick, I'm not going off topic. I just, but I'll be real fast with this. You're starting to see now the NFL is changing. The NFL is getting away from these old generals. See the Bill Belichick. See the Bill Parcells. See the Dan Reeves. 
they're getting away from these old guys who would just fucking run everything like it was a militia. This is now really a player's league, and that's why you're seeing a lot of these players see Gerard Mayo getting the job in New England. Yeah. Yeah, bottom line is players are going to respond better to people who played. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Antonio Pierce, you can see it right away. Their whole locker room just took a complete shift, one, 180, when they got rid of McDaniels, who everyone seems to have disliked pretty vehemently. And yeah. then, mm-hmm. you know, you put Antonio Pierce in there, he went four out of his first five games, and, you know, the locker room's going crazy, and, and everyone loves it. Aaron Glenn's the same way. People loved him, and their defense wasn't even good in, in Detroit, but players yeah. love him. All right. I say we bag the golf yeah. stuff until next week, if that's okay with everybody. Yeah, I got, uh, a, I got a couple got a couple golf guys that'll uh, join us next week too. That probably yeah, happens. I think that makes more sense. And plus, I need time to digest what in the hell just occurred yesterday or two days ago, whatever that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we we, uh, we got to talk Super Bowl next week too. So we're gonna we're gonna have a big podcast next week. Maybe maybe we'll have two again. Who knows. Cool. Yeah, we might have two again. We got Delaware Dave coming in next week as well. We're gonna talk a little bit of bourbon. Um, we might even have a bottle of Pappy show up on this on this podcast. Ooh, okay. Nice little teaser for next week. I like that. <laughs> you fancy. <laughs> All right, boys. Till next All right, time. boys. Good stuff. All right, have a good one. Yep. Brooks, I love how you're in a different venue every single time. I don't know where you are yeah, now. Keep, gotta keep, keep you on moving. Your toes. Keep moving. You gotta keep people yeah. on your toes. Yeah. I want to do a one. I, I want to do one full podcast on. We're all on a shitter. <laughs> we all look at each other's bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> now, clothes yeah, on the shitter, another. please. Maybe the next time one of our home team, God forbid, has a playoff meltdown, we'll uh, we'll do the pot the next pod from the from the toilet. <laughs> the, 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 the pot from the yeah. toilet. All right, Brooks, you gonna do?